Welcome aboard to episode number 28 of Messing About in Ships for August 14th, 2008. This week we bring you some sea stories about maritime heritage on Boing Boing TV, some useful shipboard communication strategies, our internet ports of call, and some new music. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 28 of Messing About in Ships. I'm Peter Mello from Sea Fever Consulting, and my podcasting partner is Captain John Conrad from gcaptain.com. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing, Peter? I'm good. I'm very good. It's a beautiful sunny day here today in uh, Mattapoisett, Massachusetts, and uh, nice, cool, dry weather um, as we approach the end of summer, unfortunately. Can you believe it's almost the summer's almost over? I know it's going quick. It's going real quick. What's uh, news over at G Captain? Anything exciting over there? Uh, not not too much uh, exciting. Uh, we've been working uh, a little bit on this uh, golden shellback uh, thing, so we've been uh, fairly occupied. But um, we uh, we have some exciting developments uh, in the works. Um, so nothing nothing uh, terribly new at this point. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've seen Golden Shell back all over the internet and actually saw a lot of uh, – was on the Today Show, actually, wasn't it, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago? Yeah, it sure was. We we got the um, PR and marketing uh, contract for it. Um, they had a little trouble uh, selling um, the Golden Shell back to some of the um, – they talked to some of the large manufacturers who uh, pretty much came back and said, uh, we make a lot of money off of uh, destroyed electronics. People are going to replace it. So I I, uh, I said, uh, hey, we got to put this on the Internet. So we put in a video of it on G-Captain and, uh, yeah, talked to a few people and uh, ended up on CBS and the Today Show, and it's pretty good. Cool. I think it's NBC, isn't it? Or are you on CBS also? CBS also, all the CBS wow. affiliates, uh, oh, CNET, C, uh, we're oh. on CNET, and the CBS affiliates picked it up, and then NBC is uh, Today Show, yeah? Very cool, very cool. Well, so if you have a maritime product, you need uh, some PR, be sure to give uh, give us a call over at GCAM. We can, mm-hmm. we can help out. Excellent. There's, uh, that's interesting, though, huh? Planned obsolescence right there in action. We could, companies don't want to want to purchase it because they... Want to sell more, more uh, electronics, huh? Yeah, they don't want to purchase it until uh, they think the competition might uh, might use it, and uh, they suddenly get motivated. It's funny how business works. The disposable economy. Um, want to jump into our sea stories? Absolutely. What, what do you have this week? Well, this week uh, I did a couple of blog posts about uh, Boing Boing TV. You familiar with Boing Boing, John? Want to tell the people a little oh, bit about uh, what? Absolutely. Tell tell the people about what. What boing boing is? Yeah, a few, uh, a few of the um, uh, blogging elite in uh, San Francisco. Uh, it's been around for 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 a few years. It's one of the older, real successful sites. Um, but a few of the kind of techno uh, technology oriented uh, folks uh, got together and um, uh, they they started a uh, community blog where they find stories around the internet that are kind of either bizarre or off offbeat 
and uh, they post about these stories. And um, I guess uh, a few months ago, they started a video podcast called Boing Boing TV. Yeah. So. And uh, last week, Boing Boing TV, uh, I blogged about it, uh, did a little uh, uh, piece on the SS uh, Jeremiah O'Brien in San Francisco. So they started getting into some maritime heritage uh, coverage. And your good friend over there at Telstar Logistics, uh, Todd Lappin, who is, uh, according to the website, Group Leader of Strategic Development Task Force and Fleet Management Officer, he did a great job first last week on the Jeremiah O'Brien. And then yesterday, uh, uh, found another one um, was posted uh, about the the World War II sub, uh, the USS uh, Pampanito in San Francisco, part of, I believe, the Maritime National Heritage Park. So it's all part of this series that they've done, or Todd, I think, is working on, called Mechanicrawl. And um, it's just uh, really uh, cool to see these, uh, basically, maritime treasures profiled by uh, Boing Boing TV. They do an excellent job integrating some old footage into it, uh, the thing that really caught my attention with this, though, if I, I encourage people to watch them both. They can they can definitely find a link uh, and embedded video over on at seafever.org. Um, but the the volunteers who are involved in these both of these uh, these these great uh, maritime heritage destinations are just so passionate and so knowledgeable about the history and the workings of uh, both of these um, these ships. So. Uh, Check it out. It's over at my blog, Sea Fever. And uh, again, it's uh, the USS Pampanito, which is the World War II sub, and the uh, SS uh, Jeremiah O'Brien, which is a World War II Liberty ship. Have you um, visited either of these, John? You're out there. Uh, yes, yes, I sure have. I didn't, I didn't go on the Pampanito. I've uh, been on the Jeremiah O'Brien and uh, yeah, down in the pier in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, real Real, uh, real great resource. It's it's right by uh, Fisherman's Wharf, and um, it's uh, there's a whole pier uh, that's a um, uh, uh, run by the federal government, and it's a maritime uh, history museum. They also have a museum that's uh, an actual building with a museum that's right uh, up the road from the pier, and. Uh, some some great uh, displays in there, uh, particularly the um, some of their uh, wireless um, uh, history section, where you can actually learn Morse code and uh, uh, listen in on the ship uh, traffic in San Francisco Bay and watch the ships via AIS. So I think they're actually renovating that museum right now. So I look forward to revisiting when uh, when the new exhibits are launched. Cool. Maybe you can do a little video uh, video cast for us on that um t yeah and, uh, todd actually go ahead uh well telstar logistics uh we profiled before and i know you know todd um and visited with him recently uh before either of these uh posts um were done on his uh website he also profiled or did a visit to the uh u.s uh bark eagle the Coast Guard uh, Bark Eagle, which is uh, the United States tall ship, is the Coast Guard train Coast Guard Academy's training ship. So um, they visited San Francisco and as part of the American Sail Training Association's Tall Ships Challenge series, which is uh, working its way down the Pacific Coast. And um, you know, one of the things about the Tall Ships Challenge, which was something that started under my uh, tenure over there at the American Sail Training Association, was that uh you know it brings more attention to uh maritime uh heritage sites and uh 
helps with uh, you know drawing attention to to things like the Jeremiah Bryan and uh, the the Pampanito, and that uh, people come down to the waterfront and might experience these things that uh, they might not otherwise um, be have drawn them down there. So I don't know if these this coverage of Boing Boing. Uh, I know it's part of the mechanic crawl, but I don't know if it's influenced in any way by that. But um, I know last month uh, Todd did a great piece with his photography about the uh, Barks, Coast Guard Bark Eagles uh, visit to San Francisco. So it's cool stuff. You should check it out. So t- check out Telstar Logistics as well as uh, these uh, Boing Boing TV episodes. What were you going to say? Sorry. It was, fun- it was funny that it was the uh, actual day... Uh that I was in San Francisco, and I called up Todd and tried to uh, arrange a, uh, you know, a, a meeting and um, just to share ideas. And he said, uh, "I'm sorry, John, I can't uh, meet with you. I got an appointment on the Eagle this morning." So um, I was actually in town with a uh, former bar- board member of Asta, and we uh, gave a call over to the Eagle and made sure, um, you know, he got a uh, he got a uh, a good tour of of the vessel, but. Um, he, Todd's real interested in uh, merchant ships, and he, um, um, if your ship would like to be featured on uh, Boing Boing TV and Telstar Logistics, Todd's looking to um, uh, actually do an assignment aboard a ship. So if uh, anyone, any of our listeners can arrange for him to actually uh, uh, board your ship and uh, spend a few days with you, um, uh, he, he would like to uh, feature that on um, on his blog and uh, probably on Boing Boing TV too. So, uh, so it would be an easy way to uh, become a internet superstar. Is um, yeah, invite Todd on your ship for a few days and um, and uh, we'll we'll carry it on G Captain as well. So if that's something uh, anyone's interested, any of our listeners, uh, give give me a call. Cool. Well, what do you got for your sea story this week? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk about uh, briefly um, some uh, a different way of thinking of things, and um, this is something I was uh, I really tried to push while uh, working aboard the ships. Is uh, we've all been taught uh, various ways of doing things. Um, and you know, especially aboard the U.S. flagships, we've most of the um, uh, officers has, have either gone to the maritime academies or, if they're hawse pipers, been trained by guys uh, from that same educational pool. And there are certain ways that kind of uh, get taught on how to uh, operate certain equipment or navigational procedures. But there's a, a large world of uh, of uh, of of training out there, and there are different ways to really go about or attack each individual problem. And um, part of what you, Captain, once uh, strives to do is bring some of the techniques of uh, foreign mariners or simply new ideas into uh, shipping. And we wrote a post a while back about uh, GMDSS, and it's just uh, one uh, example of of what can be done. But let's say you are the stand-on vessel in a um, uh, in a traffic situation, and uh, a, a ship is coming towards you. Uh, this is a classic question at the Maritime Academy. What do you do? You're you're supposed to uh, 
maintaining course and heading, um, but uh, there's no reaction from the vessel who is supposed to give away. He's, he's supposed to off the course for you. And uh, we, we kind of uh, knocked this around, the, the bridge of my ship, and uh, came up with some, uh, some ways that, that turned out to be really effective. And um, uh, this particular post highlighted the fact that, um, you know, all ships come with AIS now, um, which is an automatic identification system, gives you the name and the MMSI, which is the, uh, the unique uh, radio uh, number of that particular vessel. But uh, so a ship's coming towards you, uh, you can take that MMSI number and put it into your GMDSS uh, system, which is the radio system aboard ship, and you can actually send an alarm off on the, uh, on the bridge of the ship that's approaching you and change the VHF channel uh, on his equipment from your, uh, the bridge of your ship. So now, uh, if you can't hail this guy over radio, you can set off this alarm, change the channel, and call him by name um, directly over the VHF. Extremely effective. Uh, we, we've uh, used it on numerous situations. But what if the, uh, the, the vessel still doesn't respond? Um, a lot of these vessels are undermanned, and there may only be one person on the bridge, and uh, he may be distracted or, or dare I say, asleep. Um, and we had one particular situation where the vessel kept on coming towards us, and no matter what we tried, we couldn't hail him. Um, so we, we, we thought of some creative thinking, and uh, there's the every ship is required to carry an ITU publication, which is simply a listing of a ship's by name, and their MRSAT B number, which is a, a telephone unit. Um, it's, it's, it's fairly expensive to make calls landside, but uh, ship-to-ship calls can be um, less expensive, and the company usually uh, 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 puts the bill. So the economics really aren't a concern. But uh, in this manual, which is basically a phone book, you can look up the ship and get its uh, telephone number. And uh, on the ship, the telephone rings both on the bridge and in the uh, captain's office. And if it doesn't uh, answer after a certain number of rings, it's usually forwarded to the captain's cabin. So in this particular situation, the ship was coming off. We set off the alarm, changed the VHF channel on the ship that was coming towards us. Still no response. So we picked up the ITU manual, picked up the phone book, and uh, gave the ship a call. And after uh, six rings... Uh, woke up the captain from uh, his uh, in the cabin. He was sleeping, and uh, we told him what the situation was, and he said he would uh, um, deal with the situation immediately. And uh, next thing you know, we're being called uh, by the mate on watch, and uh, he altered course. I'm not sure the uh, I'm not sure he had a pleasant morning the next day after. Uh, having a talk with the captain and having to explain why uh, the radio wasn't being answered. But uh, the fact remains uh, we, we avoided a collision, and it was very effective, very easy to do. And all it really took was uh, coming up with a plan, sitting down with guys and doing some creative thinking, saying, what, what, what's an alternative way? You know, we've all been taught this way at the Maritime Academy and what you're supposed to do, but new technology has arisen, and uh, are there any simpler ways or more effective to really um, 
talk to this guy and um, you know you can formulate plans and uh, procedure and there's the easiest way to get through to the human element is uh, talk person-to-person uh, -person with someone and uh, this is basically boils down to a way of just picking up the phone book and uh, giving the vessel a call and uh, it, it works. Wow that's uh how big was that ship? Was it what type of ship were we talking about that you had to make that call? Uh, we were on board an 865 foot uh, ship, and there that was a um, that was a tanker, probably uh, of equal length, um, you wow. know, 700 to 900 feet long. So, wow, it would have uh, would have uh, made a, a big bang. Obviously, there are other ways we could have avoided the collision. That would have been uh, you know by maneuvering and. And um, we probably would have been okay anyway, but uh, just uh, just another uh, little thing to put in your bag of tricks. And uh, but I think the lesson here is really the creative thinking and uh, sitting down with your bridge team and tackling a problem and saying, uh, is there is there you know despite all these procedures, is there really a human element here? And how do we break through to that human element and, and to to get the task done? Very interesting. Okay, well. Let's jump ahead to our internet ports of call. Uh, since you just did your C story, I guess I'll jump in with my internet port of call. Um, this week, uh, I, I mentioned in my C story there about Boing Boing TV, I, I mentioned uh, the Tall Ships Challenge, which was a uh, it's basically a race series that the American Sail Training Association uh, created in 2001. It's an annual series of races that uh, circulate around the coasts of the North America. What I mean by that is that uh, one year it will be on the Atlantic coast, one year it will be on the Pacific coast, and then the following year it will be in the Great Lakes. And it'll visit, it always will visit uh, Canadian and American ports. And uh, this year it's on the Pacific coast, and it started out in Victoria, British Columbia, and went to Tacoma, Washington, and then working its way down, you know, went to San Francisco and, and uh, on to, I think, probably L.A. Uh, what's the other... Uh, Toronto Blank, just north of L.A., then down to San Diego. But in any case, um, the American Sail Training Association hires summer interns every year. And uh, this year, I think they have four young ladies who are part of that intern team. And these interns travel with the Tall Ships Challenge, uh, work in the ports to uh, prepare the, the, the port for the fleet's arrival, and then uh, basically either hop on board with the vessels and race to the next, next port or jump in a car and drive down to the next port to um, prepare for the arrival of the fleet when they come in. And uh, the, in addition to the interns, uh, the race assistant at the American Sail Training Association keep a blog, and it's the Tall Ships Challenge Series official blog. It's a WordPress.com blog. And uh, in it, you'll find some really great posts about what it's like to sail on tall ships. So um, every day, pretty much every day, they have, um, they have posts about the experience of racing, of sailing. They interview people that work on board. They tell you a little bit about each of the cities. Um, they have a series this year, which I think is really a great idea, called What's in a Name, where they'll interview the captains. And they are actually post these things on Google – I mean, sorry, on YouTube uh, video – and they interview the captains about their boats, and uh, they embed those videos into the blog. Um, they've done the Blarney Pilgrim, the Nina, the Bounty. So this is a cool series. And um, anyway, there's lots there. They have a Flickr photo set. There's also a link to a Facebook group that they've created. 
Um, and uh, it's something that I started when I was there, and it's, I'm actually extremely uh, thrilled that they continue uh, keeping this thing going because uh, it gives you a real good inside look of what it's like to be sailing on a ship, to be an asked a summer intern, and to uh, experience a little bit about uh, uh, how we keep, try to keep our maritime heritage alive. So the address for that is tallshipschallenge.wordpress.com, and we'll have a uh, link in the show notes. Um, what do you have for Internet Protocol this week, John? Yeah, going back to uh, uh, Todd Lappin and uh, Telstar Logistics, um, his day job is is also extremely interesting. It's uh, he is the uh, editor in chief of Everywhere Magazine, and uh, it's everywhere on their. Um, uh, subtitle is Travel is All Around You. But this is a really neat uh, use of uh, the Internet and social media. And what it is is a, um, it's a socially oriented uh, travel magazine. And what you do is uh, you write an article or take a photo and submit it to the magazine uh, on their website, which is everywheremagmag.com. And you... Uh, after you write this article and submit it, the other uh, readers all read your articles and uh, vote on them. And the best articles uh, of the month are actually published in this beautiful, glossy um, magazine. So if you're interested in uh, getting published uh, always, or you know, just a creative type and uh, want to get your photos or your, your words published and don't really know any editors or really know how to break into the um, the, the publishing realm, you, you can easily just uh, write up an article, put it up on everywhere, and um, and if they like it, they'll post it in the magazine, and you get a hundred bucks for for doing so. Any any article or uh, photo that's published, um, they send you a nice check for a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and um, it's got to be about travel. Um, so I think uh, a lot of our listeners have some really interesting travel stories that uh, are very likely to get published yeah definitely i that's uh it's a cool concept uh 100 bucks is a little low but i think the thrill is actually being published really to be, have your kind of tell your story have your pictures and and words published in this uh, great magazine so really cool i they got me thinking about trying to submit a few stories of my own so absolutely i encourage everyone to and we uh we happen to have the inside uh, knowledge that the editor-in-chief is a fan of uh, maritime affairs, so I think you get a real uh, real shot if uh, you write a decent article. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll have to check it out, definitely. That's everywheremag.com. Very cool. What else? You got anything else this week uh, you want to you share with our listeners? No, no. That's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. If, um, the show blog, you can leave a comment for us there at messingaboutandships.com. You can send us an email at podcast at messingaboutandships.com. You can get John at gcaptain.com where he's got the great blog and discover and uh, his forums and Marinette web tools and the conference calendar. Uh, you can get me over at seafever.org, and that's S-E-A-F-E-V-E-R.org. Um, you can call us on Skype. And our Skype ID is M-A-I-S Podcast. That's M-A-I-S Podcast. And finally, we have a Skype in number. It's 206-973-7000. That's 206-973-7000. Well, John, enjoyed it again. Look forward to next week. And uh, 
Hope all's well out there in California. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to read my Everywhere uh, Mag articles, you can go to everywheremag.com slash people slash gcaptain. So go ahead and uh, take a look. You've been published yet? No, no. My uh, my article didn't get enough votes, uh, um, but uh, I'm working on a second one. All right. Well, I look forward to reading that one, and uh, good luck with the next one. You be good. All right. Have a good week, Peter. Hey, this week's music comes to us from David Byrne, one of my favorite artists, and he's partnered up again with Brian Eno on an album that's coming out in the next few days called Everything That Happens Will Happen Today. They have a website, everythingthathappens.com, and on that website there's a free MP3 called Strange Overtones, and that's what we're going to play. There's also a list of their upcoming concert dates, so not exactly sure that this is pod safe, but make sure you buy the album or go to uh, see them in live one of their live performances. I'm sure you will not be disappointed, so enjoy.